CD myself, so putting the pulpit here is messing with my head a little bit. But there's a reason why I want to stand here, and that's because I want us to see what that word says. So people over here, can you still see that? Well, you all have to move over this way. No, I just, I just don't want to be standing in front of that thankful sign because we need that today. Well, how good is it when you step out in faith? For those people who stepped out in faith, for us to pray from this morning, you could really see faith starting to rise. I could feel faith starting to rise inside of me and I believe the words that I prayed over every person. We're going to believe and see healings and miracles and that needs to be part of the norm, not part of the, um, you know, doesn't happen very often. No, we need to believe that it's going to happen all the time. So we're going to open in prayer because I want God's words to come out of my mouth and not Pauline's words because if you just hear from me, you might be left disappointed. But if God can speak into our hearts today, we won't leave disappointed. We'll leave full of what he has for us. So loving Father, we want to come before you with a thankful heart today. And I just thank you for what you want to do in the lives of these people. What you've already begun, you will complete, Lord Jesus, because you are a good God. And it's all about you. Our focus is totally on you this morning. And have your way in this place, we pray. Amen. So our theme for this Christmas period is thankful. So in keeping with this, we are going to look at ways that are going to help us to be thankful. We're going to look at someone in the Bible today. It's a good place to start who had a disciplined life in the area of being thankful. Who knew that being thankful you needed to be disciplined in? Because I'm telling you right now, it's really easy to whinge and complain and sometimes it's not so easy to be thankful for everything that seems to come our way. So if you want a title for this morning's message, guess what it's called? You're good. Top of the class, all of you. Now, the word thankful is made up of two words, thank and full. And then we put them together and we come up with something really amazing. So the word thanks is actually an expression of gratitude. It means to be grateful. It means to have appreciation. And it's another way of saying thank you. We all know what the word full means. It means containing or holding as much as possible. It means having no empty spaces. It is filled to capacity or it is filled to the brim. How's that sound? So we put them both together and we come up with being pleased and relieved. There are also some meanings for the word thankful. It means expressing gratitude and relief. It is being grateful or being filled with gratitude and appreciation. Pretty powerful words in that one little word, isn't it? So when, when we boil everything down, when Pastor Rob says, we've got a theme of grateful this year, I think of that and I'm thinking, oh, grateful, same meaning. When we have the word thankful this year, I've been thinking about that word going, how can I incorporate that word into my message for the people that they realise there's a meaning behind what we say and what we do? So looking at the word thankful, the one scripture 
that came into my mind, just thinking of that word, was this one. On. It's found in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Here's the clincher. We'll, go, we'll refer to this scripture throughout our morning. It says, be thankful in all circumstances. We could finish it there and go, we can go home. So if we apply that whole word thankful in everything, um, we're going to be right and we're going to have a great life. But it says, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will. It's what he wants you to do for all who belong to Christ Jesus. So often people want to know what God's will is for their life. When people ask about God's will, they're typically thinking about what they should do in a particular area of life. So they're kind of thinking, who should I marry? Is that your will? Um, Where should I go to university? Is that your will, Lord? Should I do further study? Should I do Bible college? Is that your will, Lord? Should I accept this job? Shall we buy that house? Shall we buy a new car? But all of these are number twos. When it comes to God's will, his will first and foremost is that we learn to give thanks. It is always God's will that no matter what happens in life, we are to give thanks, not for our circumstances, but in our circumstances. And I don't know about you, but sometimes that's a lot easier said than done. We need to learn the pattern of being thankful. I don't know about you, but from a young age, when children are first learning to talk, when you give them your bowl of cut up fruit, what do you teach them? You go, thank you, mum. You give them a biscuit and you go, ta, because you're wanting them to repeat you. You want to teach them to be thankful. I'm still teaching mine sometimes. But this morning, we're going to look at five ways to help unlock the thankful code. Do you need those five ways? We know it's important because it tells us to be thankful in all circumstances. So we better learn how to be thankful. In all circumstances, like most things in life, it doesn't come naturally. And often, it's not the preferred option. I find it really easy, I mean really easy, to be negative and complain. I know none of you probably do that, but sometimes when things don't go according to my circumstances, I'm, I've been really challenged getting this message ready. But if God's word tells us to do something, I'm warning you now it's your best option. Try doing it your own way as you will, but you will end up back at that starting point. And I'm telling you, if you just do it God's way to be thankful in all circumstances, you're going to save yourself a lot of heartache. So I'm going to give you a few tools to put in your toolbox. Who always likes tools to put in their toolbox? I went to um, our school, had this parenting course the other week, and I wasn't going to go. My youngest is 14 and my oldest is 20. I've done a lot of parenting courses, a lot. And I thought, no, I'll let the parents of younger children go to this one. I think it's aimed for the younger kids. Anyways, Leanna comes home from school saying, Mum, 
you've got to go to that, see that psychologist tonight. You've got to go see him. His name's Justin Coulson. Look him up on the internet. He was great. Anyways, so she goes, you've got to go to him. And I went, really? It was Monday night, family tea night. You know, they're relying on me to make tea and they don't want me to sneak off before family devotion. Um, but there was just something inside of me that stirred to say, go to that. If people are putting something on and if you can get one thing out of it, go to it. So I'm there and there weren't that many people there. And I was really surprised because everyone was probably thinking like me, oh, it's for them. It's for them. No, it was for me. And when I saw that 25, 30 people had turned up, I was just like, out of a school of nearly 500 students and we've got 35 parents that are the real devoted and committed ones here, I always just felt a bit sad because it kind of reminds me of church sometimes. We put on things to help people and it's usually the committed ones that keep coming out. But I said all that because I got some tools to put in my toolbox for parenting my teenage children. And sometimes I need a lot of tools, just saying. So I get a lot of tools out of this book, book too. One tool that I get out of this book with parenting is a gentle answer turns away wrath. I don't know about you. I learnt this from Justin Coulson too. He goes, have you ever noticed that the more you yell at your children, the more the kids suddenly go, yep, mum, got it. Thanks for yelling that extra decibel later. I've got it now, louder. I've got the point you're trying to tell me. The Bible says to us, a gentle answer turns away wrath. Because sometimes we can be yelling at our kids and all we're doing is create, creating this big division. Yeah, I've got it all down pat, haven't I, Rob? Yeah. Okay, let's get back to the Bible because this is where we need to be this morning. Not Paul, Pauline's Parenting Tips 101. Um, so let's look at the man in the Bible who... I feel, had this thankful code well and truly entrenched in his life. Otherwise, he couldn't have gone through what he went through. And we're going to look at the story of Noah. Thank you, Joshua, for stirring the story of Noah in my heart. So we're going to read from the book, the Bible today, and we're going to start at Genesis 6. We're going to go through a couple of chapters, but I'm not reading all of it. I'm just going to pick the chapters out that we need to hear to hear about being thankful. So we're going to start it at verse 9. And it says, Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on the earth at that time. And he walked in close fellowship with God. Thanks for being on the ball, Kirsten. God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along with the earth. Verse 14, it says, Build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Now, Jesus was quite, Jesus, God was quite specific of how he told Noah to build the boat. In verse 15, it says, Make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide and 45 feet high. Verse 17, Look, I'm about to cover the earth with a flood. That will destroy every, every living thing that breathes. Everything. Everything on earth will die. So enter the boat, you, your wife, and your sons and their wives. Bring a pair of every kind of animal, 
a male and a female into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. So Noah did everything exactly as the Lord had commanded him. Now, when you think about all of that stuff that he had to build, no one had even seen rain, no one had even seen a flood. And here this man Noah is building this huge boat to his specifications, knowing he's got to get two of every kind of animal onto this boat, look after them, feed them, feed his family, have food for everyone, be in a confined area for a long time. It's not just 40 days and 40 nights, as we will see. It's what Bible, that's what um, Kids Church taught me. It rained for 40 days and 40 nights. End of story. All the animals got off the boat. If this man did not have a thankful attitude, he wouldn't have even been able to cope for the 40 days and 40 nights. He wouldn't have even been able to cope with building an ark. So, verse, chapter 7, verse 1. When everything was ready, the Lord said to Noah, go into the boat with all of your family. Then the Lord closed the door behind them. For 40 days, the flood waters grew deeper, covering the ground and lifting the boat above the earth. Is that the end of the story? And the flood waters covered the earth for 150 days in verse 24. So that's more than 40 days and 40 nights. So there's a lot of flood water there. Going to chapter 8. See, I told you I'm going to stick, get through it really quick. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and livestock with him in the boat. He sent a wind to blow across the earth and the flood water began to recede. He's pretty clever, this God of ours. One blow, waters are starting to disappear. After, 100, after 150 days, which is a little bit over five months, from the time the flood began, the boat came to rest on the mountain of Ararat. Now, Two and a half months later, as the waters continued to go down. We're not talking one week. We're not talking one month. So this is after the rain has stopped and they're kind of stuck there on that mountain of Ararat. They still have to have supplies. They still have to be feeding the animals. If the animals are eating, they're doing other stuff. So there's a big toilet on that ark. I actually thought the Bible doesn't actually tell us I just thought of this this morning. Well, did maybe some of the animals go into hibernation? Because there wasn't windows in every level, so maybe it was dark. I mean, I don't know. That, that could be my poetic licence. I haven't studied it, but God's pretty cluey in what he's doing, so there must have been something going on. But any way you look at it, here's a thankful man who was able to do the job for all of that time. So, so... So it says, um, two and a half months later, as the waters continued to go down, other mountain peaks began, became visible. After, this is verse 8 of chapter 8, after another 40 days. Are you getting the picture that they were on this boat a long time? Noah opened the window he had made in the boat and released a raven. The bird flew back and forth until the flood waters on the earth had dried up. And then it says in verse 10, after waiting another seven days, Noah released the dove again. 
this time the dove returned to him in the evening with a fresh olive leaf in its beak. Then Noah knew the flood waters were almost gone. He waited, verse 12, verse 12 says, he waited another seven days and then released the dove again. This time it did not come back. Noah was now 601 years old. We were told in the Bible he was 600 when he went into the ark. So I think he's wanting to sort of tell us now he's 601, so a year's gone by. He's pretty clever what he wrote. We just have to see the story in the story. On the first day of that next year, ten and a half months after the flood began, the flood waters had almost dried up from the earth. Noah lifted back the covering of the boat and saw that the surface of the ground was drying Two more months went by. I'm not not joking, it's all here. And at last, the earth was dry. You add up ten and a half months and another two months, it actually comes to one year and half a month, which is 380 days later. Had you ever seen that before? Had anybody? I got a good revelation there. I was pretty excited when I saw that. I went, my goodness. We often see the 40 days and the 40 nights not realising that that actually translated into 380 days. I was going, this man is a thankful man. Boy, because he was thankful, he listened to God, obeyed every command he said. And it says, then God said to Noah, leave the boat. Hallelujah. Oh no, they're going on the boat. Um, All of you, your wives and your sons and their wives, Verse 17, release the animals. I'm telling you right now, there is that word thankful. He was pleased and relieved. Do you agree? That's thankful in full swing right there. Release the animals. In verse 20, this is the important thing. Then Noah built an ark, built an altar to the Lord. Verse 21, and the Lord was pleased. The first thing Noah did was build an altar to the Lord. The first thing he wanted to do was give God thanks. Thanks for for saving them. Thanks for saving the animals. He would have been thankful for his family, for following him, for through all the ridicule. But first and foremost, he had his eyes on the Lord the whole time. So the first thing that he was going to do is build an altar to give the Lord thanks. Powerful lesson right there about giving thanks because he can take you through any circumstance. So we're ready for our five tools. Number one, being thankful honours God. Thankfulness honours God. Any time you thank anyone, you honour them. You need to learn to thank not God, not just for what he does, but for who he is. And how do we do that? We do it by prayers like this. I thank you, God, that you're smarter than me. I thank you that your wisdom is greater. I thank you that you know what makes me happy more than I do. I thank you that you're consistent, even when I'm inconsistent. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your mercy. Thanking God for who he is honours him. To have this kind of attitude brings God. It honours God. 
Do you know, doctors know that gratitude is the healthiest human emotion. The more grateful you are in life, the healthier you'll be physically. Dr. Caroline Leaf speaks a lot about this. She talks about brain training and how if we have negative thoughts, they create bad pathways in our brain. But if we can get those toxic thinking gone, it creates better pathways. It's medically proven. Is that right, Dr. Jansen? <laughs> every day, just say yeah, no. It's, it, it's, it's fair income. No, every day, if you could wake up and the first thing you did when you got up in the morning, if you could think of five things to be thankful for, five, it'll change your attitude, it'll change your day. The first five minutes of your day sets the mood for the rest of your day. If you start with gratitude, you'll be healthier, you'll be happier and you'll be closer to God because guess who we're doing it for? So number one, being thankful honours God. Number two, being thankful creates fellowship. Being thankful always builds deeper relationships between you and other people. If you want to build relationships with a friend, with a parent, with a spouse, start spending more time expressing gratitude to them. As parents, we sometimes need to help our children be thankful because if we allow them to sometimes think the thought patterns that they have, they can feel sorry for themselves. I'll tell you a story that happened this week. Both my girls aren't in here, so it wasn't Carmel because Carmel's been away all week at an army cadet camp in that absolute hideous heat in Adelaide, no air conditioning. I'm thankful when I picked that girl up last night. I didn't get to hear from her. That's all part of the training. You know, they talk to your parents, all strict, having to do their march. You should come and do your march, Carmel. It's quite cute. Anyways, um, anyways, so I had another two daughters at home. And I had one daughter and I was making her do something she really didn't want to do. Left up to, no, I can't even say, give it away. Anyway, so I had one daughter who didn't want to do something and I sort of made her. She was not happy with me. She was, it's first thing in the morning too, I said, you come out of your bedroom, you come and be nice to your mother. She wasn't wanting to talk to me. And then I had my other daughter in the kitchen and I said to my other daughter, so I said to the daughter that was upset with me to try and change her mind, tell me five things you're thankful for. So she just stood there. I went, okay, to the other daughter. Have you got five things you're thankful for? And she goes, oh, I'm thankful for my job. Thankful that my mum made me breakfast this morning. Um, thank you that I have a car to drive. You know, and she's rattling off all this stuff. <laughs> oh, gave it away. Anyways, so... So then the other daughter, she rattled off these things. Probably not the things I would have been thankful for. She certainly wasn't thankful for her mum. But it began to change her attitude and her atmosphere because she stopped thinking about herself. She had a great time doing what I made her do. And what I'm saying is we sometimes need to help people. 
So if you're talking to someone and all they're doing is being negative and everything's bad, I'm sorry, but I can't help myself by saying, maybe you need to go home and have a bit of a quiet time. Make yourself a cup of tea and do some reading. I say quiet time thinking everybody knows a quiet time is when you sit down and read the Bible. I just assume everybody does it. I can't afford to assume anything. So this person was whinging and complaining to me. I'm going to have a nice coffee now. I said, go and have a nice coffee and do some Bible reading. No, nope, going to play cards with my friend now. What could I do? So her downward spiral was just going down and down and down. But that is what we're going to need to do. So same mum. In that situation, we had the same mum, but it was about our heart. So sometimes we can see people's hearts aren't healthy. So can I tell you, sometimes we've got to gently nudge them towards a loving God whose heart is always open, full of compassion, full of mercies, because his mercies are new every day, and sometimes people just need a bit of encouragement. So being thankful can develop closer relationships. I want to encourage you this morning. We're coming into a Christmas season. We've got people visiting us today that are visiting family in Port Lincoln, and This is a really great opportunity to express thanks to our family members, to friends. You might see someone that you haven't seen for a long time. Why don't you think about it ahead of time? Put a note in their car. Wouldn't that be a really lovely surprise to see when you've left them? Slip a note in their handbag. Send them an email if you don't get to see someone. Just tell them that you're grateful that they're in your life. And it really can make a big difference. Because the fellowship's there. You know, like people want to have fellowship. And when you feel like someone's giving you gratitude, it opens the door to so much more. Number three, we're getting through them, don't worry. Being thankful develops my faith. Can you thank God when life seems unfair? Right there, when things are unfair, it is a test of whether we're shallow or deep. If you're going through tough times, don't look at what's lost, look at what's left. No matter how bad things are in life, there is always, always the fact that we can be thankful to God for just being God. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures endures forever. I'm so glad his love endures for me. I'm so glad he's not impatient and intolerant because I need that. But I'm telling you, we need to give thanks to the Lord in every circumstance. If you've got nothing else to say, to be thankful, you're going to go, I'm going to give thanks to you because you are good. We've all got something to be thankful for this morning. Each one of us. Yes. So we've all got something. So it develops our faith. God has promised to see us through life's most difficult situations. He has come to help us. He's come to strengthen us. He cares for us. He wants to do miracles and he wants to answer prayers. He's always promised that even when things don't go according to plan, He can work it out ultimately for our good. And that's the scripture. 
I'm telling you, I don't want to be weak in my faith. I want to be strong. So I want to, I want to develop a thankful spirit. Number four, second to last. Doesn't mean I'm going to be finished in five minutes. Might. Okay, being thankful serves others. Radical thanks actually serves others. It becomes a ministry. We are safe to serve. And each one of us can have the ministry of appreciation. If you've ever bought a car, you will know the meaning of depreciation. The moment you drive that car out of the car yard, it's worth less than you pay for it. Sorry to tell you, unless you've got an absolute bargain, usually, even if it's brand new, if you were to take it back the next day, it's worth less. Depreciation means to decrease in value. So, that means the word appreciation means to raise value. And this is a ministry, the ministry of appreciation. When you appreciate your husband or wife, you raise their value. When you appreciate your children, you raise their value. When you appreciate your co-workers, you raise their value to you and the company. When you appreciate your boss, you raise his or her value. You know, on that note, it's easy to appreciate your boss when they're nice and easy to work for. Which I need to say here at One Heart Church, we have a pretty amazing, gracious man at the helm. At the helm and I am thankful to Pastor Rob. And for that... I have, oh, it's, only, it's, it's only little, it's only little. You better open it up and show everyone. He'll go, once you buy this one. <clears throat> Everybody in life needs massive doses of encouragement. We all have a need to be affirmed, to be loved, and to be appreciated. <laughs> Genius at work. How could I not think of Pastor Rob when I saw that? I don't think he'll, he'll hang it on his office door, but... I might put it in his office at home if he lets me. So I just want you to know that we do appreciate you, Pastor Rob, and you're, you are an amazing vision-filled man, and it's actually easy to work for you. Okay, the last, key, the last tool for our toolbox is being thankful is a witness to unbelievable, the unbelievers. And I'm telling you right now, if all I'm doing on a Sunday is talking to believers, we're in trouble. We need to start talking to unbelievers because that's who Jesus came for. The best way to share your faith with other, other people is to start with gratitude. Gratitude actually shocks people 
because people today are so ungrateful. So you know what? I don't want to be a Christian who's like that. And my kids really pull me up, especially when I go into a shop because I was in retail for a lot of years and I gave good customer service and I like to have good customer service. I want someone to smile at me as if they're glad I walked into their shop. You know when you have to sort of chase someone down to ask them where something is and then they go, well, I don't know. I'm kind of like going, really? And you work here? But when we can go, thank you. I so appreciate your help. Really appreciate that. Thank you. Have a great day. People aren't used to that because they're used to who. And I don't know about any of you, I personally don't like to answer my phone when I'm at the checkout. I find it really rude. I'm thinking, why can't I give her the courtesy? I want someone to talk to me, so I'm going to be attentive to that lady as well. It says in the Bible, in Colossians 3.17, And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. In Matthew, it says, In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. That's what we want people to see. As believers, we are to live in a way that makes the truth of God attractive. Do those around you look at your life and desire to know more about what gives you such an encouraging attitude? In a crooked and depraved generation that is cynical and sarcastic and critical, being thankful encourages people like a bright shining star. And we say that scripture here all the time in Philippians 2.15, so that you may become blameless, blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation, that you may shine like stars in the sky. Christians should be known for radical love, Radical kindness, radical joy, and radical thankfulness. There's a word for that, and it's called being Christ-like. This morning, I've got the ushers, and they're going to come right now, and we're going to have a little activation on what we've heard today. And that is, on this piece of paper, and they've got pens as well, there's just a title that says, What I Am Thankful For. And this morning, what I want you to do, I don't want you to write an essay. I'm telling you right now, no one's ever going to look at these pieces of paper, so I won't be checking for spelling errors. I want you to write down five things that you're thankful for, and I want you to come and place them in this bag. Because I want to tell you, that's our gift to the Lord this morning. We want to activate what we've heard about having a thankful heart and I want you to place them in there. And I'm telling you, no one's going to read them. I'm going to be closing it down and stapling it because it's your gift to God this morning. So I just want you to put down job points. It's not an essay. If you've got so much to be thankful for, you can write on both sides. And then when you're finished, you can slip them in there. And that's your little gift that you're bringing this morning, a gift of thanks. As a church, while your head's down, busy writing, I'll just say a couple more things. We're going to talk about about them again, so it's not going to matter if you don't hear all of it. But in every January, we have a time of prayer and fasting. 
And this year or this coming year, 2016 is no different. And we're going to have prayer starting from Tuesday the 12th until Friday the 15th. And we'll finish on the Friday night with the combined meeting at seven o'clock. And then I read this scripture this week. And it was found in Colossians 4 verse 2. And it says, Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. And when I read that, I thought, Lord, coming into this time of prayer and fasting, I just want to have a thankful heart. I want to have my mind alert and I want to have a thankful heart to you. Everything I do, I want it to come out of a thankful heart. You allowed to bring him up? does it feel to be thankful I feel excited he doesn't like that last slide okay I just want to leave you with a bit of a blessing this morning and it comes from Colossians 3 and verse 15 and it says and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, we are called to live in peace and always be thankful. And that's the blessing I wanna leave with you today. So on that note, Carlos, I'd like you to come.